Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. I want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio. I am Stacey Lynn. It is really good to have you here today. You know, I want to wish you a happy new year. And I want to just give a shout out to all of you in the audience who are boomers. Yeah, you are. You are a boomer, just like my husband, Bareface, is a boomer. I am a generation Xer people. Yes, so you know. And you know, it's funny, one of the first things that I uh, thought of this year in 2023 is that uh, I'm going to be 55. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> my husband's going to be 59 this year. Uh, and, you know, we are getting close to retirement age. And I have to tell you that I play pickleball with retired people, as most of you probably know by now, I play pickleball. But most of, the, most of my friends are retired, right? They're all boomers. And uh, so when I had this book come across my desk and the opportunity to talk to my uh, to my guest today, um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to step outside what we normally do, and I'm going to talk to Bob Carlson, who's America's number one retirement expert. Um, he actually has a brand new book called Retirement Watch, The Essential Guide to Retiring in the 2020s. Now, wait, wait, before you shut this off. Okay, look, I know some of you are like, retirement topics, money, this is a boring issue. Look, you know what? It is what it is. If you've ever had to network for a business, I will tell you one thing, you're going to run into financial experts everywhere you go when you're in networking. I need to tell you some stuff though here though. I, I wanted to book Bob because I think we need to talk about this issue. And I, I think he, if he's America's number one retirement expert, and that's what he is, then this is the best person to talk to. So listen to this. Beginning in 2024, which is next year, people, an estimated 12,000 baby boomers will turn 65 every day. This rapid increase in the number of people enrolling in Social Security and Medicare will increase the pressure on these already strained retirement programs. Additionally, investment returns will be below their long-term averages during most of the 2020s, while interest rates on traditional retirement income investments are already at their lowest in U.S. history. The U.S. also currently faces soaring inflation, which we all know, right? and a highly uncertain stock market, which if you are somebody who invests in the stock market, you, you see this. So galvanizing his extensive research and proven strategies, Bob Carlson, my guest here, navigates readers through the pitfalls, confusions, and surprises of retirement planning, ultimately showing that a happy independent retirement is still possible and as editor of the widely read Retirement Watch newsletter and website, Bob Carlson has helped countless people plan for successful retirement. So in his new book, you're going to learn about, you know, how to make the most of Social Security and Medicare, uh, create guaranteed lifetime income. You're going to learn how to avoid retirement tax ambushes. You're going to learn how to maximize your most valuable assets, such as home equity, um, and plan for long-term care and end-of-life security, you know? Um, and those of you, most of you that I know of, that I interact with, most of you guys are in this category. 
Uh, and so if you haven't already planned for your retirement, then I want to encourage you a couple of things. I want to encourage you to get a piece of paper and write down some of the stuff that we're going to talk about because uh, Regnery Publishing, which is one of the most uh, cool publishing houses, it's actually one of my favorite ones, is the one who has published this brand new book called Retirement Watch, The Essential Guide to Retiring in the 2020s. Um, you can never be overeducated on this topic. I'm just saying you really can't. Um, and so today I'm happy to welcome my guest, Bob Carlson. All right. Welcome, Bob, to the show. Hey, glad you're here. Thank you. Glad you had me. Well, I, I am too, actually. You know, um, I, I I just got done telling our audience that, you know, I wanted them to not shut this podcast off because <laughs> it's not my normal thing. You know, uh, I have to tell you that the reason part of the reason I want to have you on is because, um, you know, I've been in the networking world for a long time. And usually the number one people in networking communities are finance guys, retirement guys, insurance guys. Mm, right. Right. And, and you know that, right? So yeah. I guess part of my question, just to start off, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in doing this? Well, I started out as going to be a tax advisor. I passed the CPA exam. I went to law school. And uh, I started uh, writing the monthly newsletter on taxes and tax planning. And this was back in the 1980s. And I was started getting a number of questions about retirement-related taxes, like how to take money out of an IRA and how to avoid taxes on Social Security benefits, things of that nature. And I looked around and I saw there was not many sources of information I could refer these people to or that I could even use myself. So I wrote a little book called Retirement Taxes, and I sold that to some of my subscribers at the time and decided there was, might be a market there. So I offered them a, uh, just a retirement finance newsletter that I called Retirement Watch, and enough of them took me up on it that I decided it could be a continuing business. So I've been doing it for more than 30 years now, and uh, we cover all the financial aspects of retirement. And as the baby boomers have gotten to the retirement years, it's been uh, been more attractive than it was when I first started out. It's got a bigger audience uh, and I hope that continues, but uh, that's how I got into it. And I've been doing it, as I said, more than 30 years now. Okay, so can I ask you a question, a personal one? Uh-huh. How old are you? I turned 65 this year. Oh, you're okay. I'm going to be 55 this year. Oh, good. So, uh, yeah. So you're a boomer. Right. Right. right in close to the middle. Yeah. You know, my husband's a boomer, just like just on the, the edge. Uh -huh. Yeah. And re recently he's showing his old age curmudgeonness. And he, <laughs> and he told me whenever he does anything, I should just say, okay, boomer. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> anyway. Okay. So, all right. So your book. You know, we're going to talk about your book, brand new, Bregnery Publishing, great, great publishing house, one of my favorites to interview authors. Um, you know, and this is in congrats, by the way, on releasing your book. Thank you. Do you have other books? You probably do, right? Yeah, this is uh, my fourth or fifth. Fourth or fifth book. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I have a question because, uh -huh. you know, I'm getting close to retirement age. You mentioned the HELOC you know, and how people can use the HELOC, um, which is a home, e home equity line of credit. I actually was talking to a friend of mine who is a boomer 
And she had no idea what a HELOC is. Can you explain that? Yeah. Well, in the book, I discuss a reverse mortgage HELOC, which is different from your traditional HELOC, but it's a home equity line of credit. (laughs) Uh, And whether it's... uh, whether it's a regular one or a reverse mortgage one, they start out the same. You establish a line of credit with the lender. And uh, usually there's no, no, no interest rate and no ongoing fees as long as you don't draw on it. But when you need money, uh, you just write a check and uh, you know give it to whoever you need to give it to. And then it creates a balance on your, uh, your line of credit. Uh, with a traditional HELOC, Uh, You have to begin making payments right away. It might be interest-only payments, or it might be both interest and principal. It depends on the terms of your particular loan. With a reverse mortgage HELOC, and one of the reasons I recommend it for consideration during retirement, is no payments are due as long as you're still living in that house. So until you pass away or move into assisted living or something like that, you're able to draw against your home equity without incurring any costs during your lifetime. So if you have unexpected expenses that aren't covered by your other income, say medical expenses, long-term care, home repairs, uh, need a new car, pretty much anything that you don't have the cash for, you don't want to sell investments for, you draw on your, your reverse mortgage HELOC. And, uh, and so then you get the cash and, uh, it just uh, is basically deducted from your estate when you pass away. And, and one way it's become popular to use these is uh, when you have a market decline. Okay. Um, you know, you don't want to be drawing money out of your portfolio when it's down. So you can draw on the HELOC. So that full portfolio is in there to recover when prices go up. And then uh, you can either pay that HELOC back when the markets improve, or you can just let that balance ride. Uh, but in either case, you're better off uh, than if you'd taken money out of your, your IRA or your, your regular accounts while they were down in value. Yeah. You know what? I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see that. I, I asked that question because I actually have a HELOC. I own my house outright, but yeah. we need to do some, you know, upgrades and stuff. Sure. And so we, we took out a HELOC and we've been paying it off. And then somebody else told me, you know what, you... Um, would be now talk to this because this, I guess this is really more for me than anybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm married. I've been married for 30 years. I have no uh-huh. children. I don't have any children. Mm-hmm. So part of my retirement process is thinking about assisted living, you know, and these different things. Cause you know, statistics show the women outlive the men, you know, mm-hmm. you know why that is? Cause you guys don't go to the doctor when you should. Uh-huh. Many don't. I do, but many don't. It's true. Well, but anyway, so, and I just got done taking care of my dad, who was, um, I guess, guess part of the great generation. He was Korean War vet. And I looked at what he had, right, for retirement. He had a Alcoa fund that he worked at Alcoa for 42 years, Social Security, and and the VA benefits. That's Mm -hmm. all he had. And what he had was barely enough to keep him in assisted living when I needed to have him in there. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend for somebody like me or a listener? I have a number of listeners who are, who are single and they don't have anybody take care of them. Yeah. Well, there are different options in your case, since you have a home that's basically free and clear, uh, you can always just sell the home and and use the 
proceeds to fund any assisted living. Uh, it's Makes a little sense. trick, little tricky if you're married at the time because uh, sometimes one spouse doesn't need to go into assisted living and the other does. Uh, and then in that case, I've seen it go both ways where both spouses move into the assisted living, but I've also seen cases where uh, one spouse stays in the home. And in that case, you can use the reverse mortgage to help pay the assisted living. Uh, otherwise, you have to plan it in advance, and there are different things you can do. You can save enough money if you can, invest it, have that available, or you can buy insurance. And there are two different ways to go. You can go with the traditional long-term care insurance where you pay premiums. And if you need the benefits, they start being paid from the policy. That's become very unpopular since the financial crisis because many of the insurers have left that market. There's only a handful left in there and the premiums have gone way up and the benefits have gone down. So what many people have gotten more interested in are annuities and life insurance that have long-term care riders or long-term care benefits attached to them. Okay. One, one thing people like about these is with traditional long-term care insurance, if you never need the benefits, all you've really gotten from your premiums is peace of mind knowing they were there. It's nothing for your heirs or anyone else. With the annuities or the life insurance, uh, there's always a beneficiary. So if you don't exhaust the benefits, if there's still something there, then they will get that. Um, also, uh, you know, you can tap into them while you're alive. Uh, if you have other expenses when you don't need long-term care, but these seem to be uh, important expenses, you can take them out of the annuity or the cash value of the life insurance. So those are the typical ways to go. And the important thing, number one, is to start early enough so it doesn't cost too much. And the other is to just have a plan, have a realistic plan. Many people don't have a good handle on how much these cost and how much long-term care costs. So they're, they're not planning well. And if they uh, would just work with a financial professional and get some hard numbers, right. uh, then they'll be better off. Yeah, I, I can totally see that because I've been there. I mean, with my dad, mm. you know. I, I, I know what assisted livings run and, and, um, and all that, but he has something we don't have, right? He worked for 42 years at Alcoa and has a pen, had a pension, right? I, I don't know many people that actually have a pension. I have a lot of people, um, you know, I've heard my whole life that there's not going to be any social security by the time I retire. Well, mm -hmm. I'm almost 55, <laughs> Uh, you know, retirement age is coming up. What's the, what's the, what's the current stand of social security for somebody like me or Medicare like you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about social security because that's an important issue. And there's a lot of misunderstandings about it. Okay. Uh, the social security trust fund is running out of money. Uh, the current estimate from its trustees is it'll run out in 2034. I've read that report, and I think the assumptions in that report are a little too optimistic. I think there's a good chance the trust fund will run out before 2034. That's not but good. That, that does not mean Social Security is going to disappear. Oh. Because each year, payroll taxes and self-employment taxes are, are paid into the program. And those are estimated to be enough to pay for 75% to 80% of the promised benefits indefinitely. So even when the trust fund runs out, the program's not going to disappear. 
Uh, there might be cuts, there probably will be cuts, there'll be some tax increases, but we're really only looking at 20 to 25% of a benefit reduction in, in the worst case, assuming there are no tax increases. So it, you know, it's important to understand there might be reductions in the benefits or tax increases, but the program's not going away. You can, you can count on say 80% of your promised benefits uh, going ahead 75 years. Okay. And you know what? I just discovered this. I know that you can go to socialsecurity.gov or whatever it is, and you can log in and actually see, right, what you're getting. Right. Mine's yeah, not I... high. <laughs> it's not <laughs> high. It isn't. You know, I've worked my whole life, but it's not, you know, it's not high. So that's, well, okay. So let me ask you this. This is a, maybe this is a curveball question. Mm-hmm. With the state of the current affairs uh, in our government, which I see as both parties moving us towards socialism, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens if 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 that's you know what I'm saying? You know what happens if we're, we go towards socialism? And well, I mean, we're already half there. Mm-hmm. How how does that impact us as a retired person? Especially with healthcare and all this COVID stuff that, you know, people are being forced to do stuff. And Yeah, well, there's, a, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of variabilities in socialism. Uh, in some okay. socialist countries, there aren't many programs for older people. Uh, China and some others, there's really no equivalent of social security or anything like that. Um, but in others, they, part of the incentive of socialists is to provide uh, more benefits. And there are bills proposed in Congress uh, in the last session will be proposed again to increase Social Security and Medicare for retirees. So it's hard to tell you how to plan, assuming you know we actually go further down the road towards socialism, uh, because there's so many variabilities. There's so many different ways uh, it can go. They, they can modify the programs. I would say if you're an upper income or, or upper uh, wealthy person, uh, you're probably going to have lower benefits than other people, and you're probably going to pay higher taxes. So yeah. uh, for yeah. someone at the higher end of the uh, the wealth spectrum, uh, it's more of a problem. And for people, other people, uh, your benefits might not change much, or they might actually increase. It's, it's just tough to say at this point. That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, just so you know, in case you forgot, you're listening to a podcast. Yeah, you are. My cat just meows. My guest, though, today is America's number one retirement expert, Bob Carlson, and his new book is Retirement Watch, The Essential Guide to Retiring in the 2020s, which is insane to me that we're here in 2023. (laughs) What's your your website? So people can, do you have, you have a website, right? Well, the website for my newsletter is retirementwatch.com. Okay. Uh, if they want to order the book, they should go to either Amazon or regnery.com. Okay. Most people will probably go to Amazon, uh, but retirementwatch.com. So you have a, is you have an email list or anything like that? Or Yeah, they can sign up for a weekly email or they can uh, subscribe to the, uh, the monthly newsletter. Okay. Are you on Substack yet? I am not. Are you going to be? Uh, I don't think so. It would kind of conflict with the newsletter from the way I look at it. Uh, generally, people on Substack do one or the other. Huh. Well, you might consider it. You can get a paid subscription through there. You know, mm-hmm. how people pay you. Never yeah. know. 
you never know. But what do I know? I'm just a young one. Generation <laughs> X. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. Um, one of your chapters in your book is how to avoid the mistakes most people make about Medicare and retirement. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, uh, when you survey pre-retirees and early retirees, one of their major concerns is running out of money, and they think out-of-pocket medical expenses will be the major cause of that. Uh, It doesn't need to happen if you pick Medicare properly. You have two choices now. You can either take a Medicare Advantage plan, or you can go with original Medicare. Uh, The advantage of original Medicare is you can (coughs) choose, excuse me, You can choose your doctor, your other providers. You can uh, go see a specialist if you want to. You don't have to have it approved by anyone. So those are are advantages of it. The disadvantage is uh, it doesn't cover everything. So if you go with original Medicare, you need two other things. You need a Medicare supplement or Medigap policy that covers most of the the gaps in traditional Medicare. Okay. I have, I have a question, sorry to interrupt, but uh-huh. is that something like Affleck or something like that? Something like, like they, they sell or, cause I have no idea. I'm, you know. These are private insurance policies. Uh, Affleck is disability insurance, but uh, okay. disability. The, the, gotcha. Medicare, the Medicare policies are private insurance, but they're heavily re- regulated by Medicare. There are only 10 different types of policies with different benefits. Uh, so really, there's no difference in these same types of policies from the different insurers. Uh, the, the terms are identical. They have to be. So the, the main differences are, uh, you know, customer service, premiums, and premium increases. And you need to shop around when you look at these policies because studies have shown people don't like to shop around and some insurers take advantage of that. So you can pay up to twice as much as you need to for identical benefits just because you didn't shop around because you picked the policy that did the most advertising or that one of your friends had. So uh, for sure, if you're going to get a Medicare supplement policy, shop around, deal with an insurance agent who works in your area, specializes in Medigap policies and deals with all the different insurers out there. The other policy you need if you go with original Medicare is a Part D prescription drug policy. Okay. Uh, These are more variable. Medicare, for the most part, does not cover prescription drugs other than things administered in hospital. And really the biggest cost for medicine, for medical care for most retirees is prescription drugs. It's not the doctors or the hospitals, it's ongoing prescription drugs. So you should get a prescription drug policy and and get one that fits your needs. They have different, they give different benefits for different types of drugs. Some will charge a low cost for one drug while others will make you pay a higher amount for the same drug because they've negotiated different deals with the drug companies. So again, for the prescription drugs, shop around, deal with an insurance agent who knows the market and who is willing to do the work to find the policy that best fits your needs. Okay. You know what? That makes sense. And I will tell you that when I took care of my dad, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. The, I got all the EOBs and the drugs were, that was, I mean, because he had Parkinson's and dementia. So he was on mm-hmm. a lot of those type of medications. So, right. um, 
what if you're somebody like me and you're not on any medication? What you can do is uh, you can change your Part D prescription drug policy once a year. So what you can do is start out with just a very bare bones, low cost, low premium Part D policy. That is, as you get older, if you find you're taking more medications, uh, then each year when the open enrollment is, is done late in the year, uh, again, go to the insurance agent and have them look at the medications you're taking now and find out which policy is going to give you the lowest out-of-pocket costs. Okay. I actually have a good guy that, you know, did that. All right. So, all right. So I'm looking here through your book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Um, All right. How about we look near the end of the book in chapter 15? How to avoid the major causes of retirement failure and achieve true success in retirement. Now, see, for me, my dream of retirement is playing pickleball and traveling the country and playing pickleball all over the place, which would mean more physical injuries because, you know, it's pickleball. Um, So how do we avoid the major causes of retirement failure? Well, you know, in most of the book and in my newsletter, I'm primarily discussing retirement financial issues. Okay. And it's important to have, you know, security and independence financially in retirement, but that does not determine whether or not your retirement is successful because you're accumulating this money and getting this income for a purpose. And, you know, when you retire, you suddenly have a lot more free time than you used to. And what we found is that a lot of people are financially secure in retirement, but they're not happy. They're not successful. They don't have a satisfying retirement. And that's because they didn't have a non-financial plan for retirement. They didn't figure out how they were going to spend their time. And and that is what the major factor in determining whether or not retirement is successful. And and studies have been done uh, that show the key factors differentiating a satisfying, successful retirement from other retirements. Uh, First, you need a purpose not particularly one purpose, but each day you need purpose. And it could be something as simple as just maintaining friendships, acquiring new friends, uh, improving family relationships, something like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, starting a new business or, uh, you know, building a boat in your basement or something like that. For me, it'd be playing pickleball. Right. Uh, You know, pickleball, tennis, golf, many people, they're satisfied with that, satisfied with traveling a lot. Uh, So first, sense of purpose. Second is relationships. Uh, You need several close relationships, three or four seem to be optimal. And then you just need regular social contact. Uh, Many people join some kind of group activities, whether it's a card group or a pickleball or a golf group, Uh, but you need social activities. And then, of course, you need to stay physically and mentally active. Right. Uh, Particularly mentally active. Uh, If you don't use your brain, it's going to deteriorate. And it it seems to be important to kind of try to learn new things. Uh, Many people, they get in their 50s or 60s and they think either I know everything or you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, If you go down that road, you're going to deteriorate faster than you otherwise would have. And the studies have shown that uh, people with the social relationships and who stay mentally active actually are happier. Yep. Uh, even if they're not doing well physically, they're happier than people who are doing well physically, but don't have these other uh, 
other things going on in their lives. So uh, those are the key factors that determine a successful retirement from a depressing retirement. And the studies show that uh, once you, people get past 65, there's an increase in depression, suicide, substance abuse, all those things are higher per capita for older Americans than they are for younger Americans. And that's because uh, these retirees don't pay attention to these factors I just discussed. They uh, go into retirement without a plan and they become isolated and inactive and it hurts them both mentally and physically. Yeah. And you know what? I'm really glad that you brought that up because I, I have a number of things going off in my head. Number one, um, I can see that's part of the benefit to social, to assisted living, right? When you get older and you end up in basically your last home, cause you're going to die there in most cases, which, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's reality. I mean, but they I, sell you the dream, Hey, you know, you can play bingo and eat whatever, you know, I know I've lived that world with my dad for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, and I think that's why as a person of faith, going to church is really interesting, you know, important people have that social connection, but I actually saw a chart and I don't even know where it is, Bob, but here's the thing. It's one of these charts that talks about uh, how old you are and the different relationships that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you're younger, you have your circle of friends, your mom and your dad, then you grow up, you go to college, maybe you have your work people, but by the time you're super old, like you are, and me, I'm not quite that old yet, but you are way older than me. Your your retirement <laughs> age, you know, you got your your spouse pretty much is what this chart shows. Yeah. Um, so, and that's why pickleball for me is so great and golf. A lot of my friends are retired and they go play golf. They'll go out, have a beer after pickleball and, you know, and who cares that they can't play as good as me? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just hanging out with them is great, you know? So so what do you do? Like, who are your friends? Uh, I play golf. I ride my bicycle. Um, my, my wife is uh, very active socially, so she brings a lot of uh, new people into the house, uh, arranges to go out to dinners and events. Uh, so, you know, for the most part, I, I can depend on my wife to increase my social, uh, group. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I also, I get out, I can, you know, I continue to work. So I have relationships there and that's, uh, that's one p- thing many people overlook is the social structure they're getting from work, the social contact, the yep. mental challenges, uh, they really underestimate how important that is to their their lives. And it's something you really need to work to replace once you retire. You know, I will tell you as an entrepreneur and my husband's an entrepreneur, now he works from home as well. Um, Actually, he works for somebody else now. What I've noticed in your guy is that most guys don't really have many friends. And you mentioned your wife, right? Bringing the the people in. how do you have any ideas? You know, what, what if somebody doesn't have a wife? What if they died already? Um, what do you recommend? And like your brain, I know our time's almost up, but like your brain, like do you do crosswords, puzzles, Wordle, uh, you know, word search? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do that because, you know, my, my work works my brain. A brain lot. your day. <laughs> um, but, you know, basically, basically what you have to do is find things that interest you and join groups 
yeah. help people with similar interests, uh, whether you like uh, running or tennis or pickleball, golf, cards, uh, you know, find activities you want or you enjoy, and then try to find groups of like-minded people. Uh, I live in a, uh, a community that has a lot of, uh, a lot of over 55s. It's not an over 55 or retirement community. It just works out. It has a lot of people yeah. in that age group and they are all forming and joining groups. And there are people who, uh, you know, when they first move here, they just decide, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try a little of everything and, and find out what I like. And so yeah. even, even when they don't stick with an activity, uh, they've established relationships and they can continue those relationships, even if they're not doing the activity. You know, some of the old guys I work, I play pickleball with, they, they draw. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I have, a, I've, <laughs> one of my friends, he's about 76. He plays pickleball. He's a retired principal of a school. Like mm-hmm. so he's been retired for a long time. He draws the coolest caricatures and, and I, I never knew this. I've known the guy seven years and recently he just started showing some of us these at pickleball, but just one last question before you tell us where we can get your book again and stuff and be honest. Mm-hmm. Have you mentioned pickleball in any other interview besides this? <laughs> I think it came up once. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. That's nice. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a growing and popular sport. <laughs> And and actually, the people who don't play it, they're they're hearing about it a lot. They ask about it. Well, it's fun because everybody can play it. So, all right. So, all right. Tell us, everybody, your book again, where they can find you and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. The book, it's called Retirement Watch, The Essential Guide to Retiring in the 2020s. I can get it on either Amazon.com or Regnery.com. And uh, you can also, if you're interested in my newsletter, visit the website, retirementwatch.com. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. That was my interview with Bob Carlson. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you you got a couple of tips that maybe you hadn't thought of. You know, I know for me, one of the big ones was the when he talked about, you know, be social, make sure you're in a community. And I know that for some of you, that can be really difficult, which is why as Christians, you know, we're blessed because we have a church community, especially if we're going to church in our local area. I know um, I love my church family and, um, you know, it, you just never know. You never know how God is going to uh, bless you and use you. So make sure you go over to retirementwatch.com. You can subscribe to his free newsletter. Um, and, and I want to let you know, Stay tuned because pretty soon, hopefully in a few weeks, hopefully by the end of this month, we're being told uh, we, Bible News Radio, Heart Tug International, is going to have a brand new mobile app. This is great. We're, um, we've decided to invest um, you know, money in order to do this app because all the big tech you know, is censoring us everywhere. Uh, so when you get this app, it's going to be great because you're going to have access to our audio a podcast. You're going to have access to our video show. We're going to have bonus content inside the app uh, that you'll be able to access <clears throat> just by downloading the app. The app is going to be free. Um, but I also want to ask you to consider becoming a monthly donor to Heart Tug International. If you're somebody who engages with what me and Randall do, 
um, consider becoming a donor. That way it helps us to cover these costs that, it, you know, unfortunately we have incurred new costs because of uh, being banned on these platforms and stuff. So consider doing that. Go over to hearttug.org and you can, you can just uh, subscribe to our email list there. And we will see you in our next broadcast. Have a great day, everybody. 